0: Hi, this is Blake Ebersole. I'm president and founder of Nature Pro Scientific. We're a consulting firm that helps develop supplements, foods, and ingredients for clients from startup size to Fortune 50. This is my podcast, Just Ask Nature Pro, where we give an in- industry insiders look at some of the most burning questions about the products that people consume to support their health. You've probably heard the common saying, You just gotta do your research on supplements. Well, we agree, but what does researching actually entail? Sure, we recommend to search PubMed or Google Scholar to look for clinical studies on ingredients and look on the label for recognized certifications, just like everyone else recommends. But we have some more to say. What I'm about to say may burst some bubbles. So if you wanna believe that ignorance is bliss, then you might as well hit next and move on to another podcast. So here it is. Knowing what I know now, it's my firm belief that a Google search and a seal of approval are just the tip of the iceberg of research that supplement consumers in the US should be doing. Let's talk about the information out there first. And let's just say there's a few problems with it. Much of the info we see on the internet about supplements is oversimplified misleading, or just plain wrong. So-called supplement experts, many with advanced medical degrees, make money from selling products and books. And those who do this have questionable credibility, in my opinion. Very rarely do you get the honest truth from someone who's been on the inside and isn't afraid to talk about it. There's a lot of reputable supplement brands in the U.S. doing the right thing. But the barriers to entry to selling a supplement in the US are so low. If you are able to buy one bottle of vitamins, you can slap your own label on it and go and sell it. Voila! There's so much puffery and misinformation, a few requirements for real transparency, and the regulators are overwhelmed by high risk categories like foods and drugs. So it's left up to you, the consumer, to determine what's for real in the supplement world. In my opinion, the type of research you should be doing on your supplement brand involves trying to expose the core realities of supplement care and quality as opposed to marketing claims made on a label or website. The research covers six main questions that you need to ask your supplement brand directly. And you can ask these questions by phone or by email or on social media for others to see. And the best questions are just based on common sense. And so your supplement brand should know the answers and be able to provide proud and affirmative responses on the things that they're just required to do under the law. We're not asking about the secret sauce here, so there's no reason why these questions should go unanswered. So here goes, the top six questions to ask your supplement brand. First and foremost, is there a person behind the brand? And where exactly are they located? You have no idea how many supplement company websites we see that list no people or places. We call these ghost brands because you have no idea who's behind it and you might just get ghosted when you start to ask questions. If a supplement brand owner can't put their face and name on their website, then you really have to ask why. The second part to this question that you want to ask is who's the science person or people behind the product? In our experience, supplement brands without at least one qualified scientist in a position of real responsibility, tend to be misguided and ill-informed. And I want to be clear on what's meant by a science person. That's someone who's earned their chops in the industry, and it's not a typical celebrity doctor or Instagram nutritionist. Celebrity doctors may be experts in their field, but in our experience, they tend to know very little about how supplements should be developed, made, or tested. There's an unspoken thing that we've seen supplement companies do to give the appearance of science without actually having any. Sometimes they pay medical doctors and PhDs to put their name and face on their website, but then they don't involve them in actual product development or R&D or quality assurance processes. So you really want to know, regardless of the qualifications of the scientific advisory board, who are the people who develop the products and who manufacturing the product and who's responsible for the safety and quality of the product. The people making sure products are safe and high quality are not ghosts. So what are their names and qualifications? These are the science people you really want to know about. And if no names of the people who actually develop the product can be shared, well, then maybe they don't exist. The bottom line is if you go to a product website that has no names of people or places listed you really need to run away as fast as you can and when you do find something that looks good based on a website you really need to go further and dig a little deeper write them call them message them on social media until you get your answers so then we have the second most important question who actually makes this product Well, there's something that people outside the supplement industry are kind of shocked at when they learn about it. When you see product claims on a label that says, made in a GMP facility, this generally does not mean it's their own facility. That's because most supplement marketers hire out their manufacturing to who we call contract manufacturers. This is all well and good, except for when the realization sets in that the system is set up so that the marketer has no idea how exactly their product is made, where the ingredients from, or how the product is actually tested. Ultimately, in these situations, it's the fox who's the manufacturer guarding the hen house, which is your supplement brand. So once you've identified the name and location of the manufacturer, and there's follow-up questions. Claims of GMPs are well and good, But what type of GMPs? There's US FDA supplement GMPs. And then there's food GMPs for the Republic of Tajikistan. And as a side note, both are legal GMPs, by the way, just completely different applying to different products. Then there's the ingredients. Did the marketer agree to specifications for their products and their ingredients? If not, the manufacturer is free to choose whatever ingredient they prefer, and unfortunately, many manufacturers prefer the cheapest source without trying to look into it too deeply. Does the brand conduct independent testing of their product outside of whatever testing their manufacturer does? If not, then there's opportunity for substituting or diluting ingredients on the manufacturing end or shortcutting through test results. So, the old switcheroo, as they would call it. And that brings us to our third big question qualifying the ingredients. How does the manufacturer qualify ingredient suppliers? And what does the manufacturer test for in their ingredients? Most people don't realize that supplement manufacturers generally don't produce their own ingredients, they buy them from ingredient suppliers. A supplier might just be a distributor who buys and sells on the open market and may not actually do any testing or qualification themselves, or even warehouse the ingredient. A supplier may also produce their own ingredients and, well, they're the ideal type of supplier. But today, you know, a vertically integrated supplier with offices and warehouse in the US is few and far between when so many ingredients are produced overseas. We've seen a lot of paperwork and documentation, both from great ingredient suppliers and the not so great ones. Because the ingredients make up the finished consumer product, it's essential that supplement manufacturers and marketers have a procedure or SOP on supplier qualification, and it's got to be robust and effective. And while most supplement firms have a supplier qualification program, not all do. some supplier programs are way better than others. You want to know that people responsible for your product did the due diligence on their suppliers, and that includes physically visiting the ingredient manufacturing facility or the finished product manufacturing facility and doing testing on the, on the ingredients and the products. Testing for supplements is different from testing for foods in a few ways. One of which is that all ingredients and supplements must have what's called 100% identity testing while food ingredients do not require 100% identity testing. But the 100% means that FDA requires all manufacturers to perform a reliable test to identify every single active ingredient in the product. Are all active ingredients in your supplement tested for identity? And is the ID testing using a scientifically valid method as it's required by FDA? Really, you don't know until you ask. So our fourth question relates to ingredient safety. Are all ingredients either NDI, ODI, or GRASS? Well, I'll explain some of these terms in a little bit, but this will throw your supplement brand rep into a loop as it's a question rarely asked by consumers. But the real question we are asking is, under what regulatory guideline do you follow that ensures the safety and legality of any particular ingredient in your product? This is the first question a supplement marketer or manufacturer typically asks their ingredient supplier when they first develop the product because they know it's the number one requirement by FDA. But the ingredient regulatory status question is a total enigma in the U.S. And one thing I've experienced is that supplement companies in the U.S. generally tend to bend the rules that they don't understand, or that don't make sense, or are unclear, or aren't routinely enforced. So that means a lot of rules end up getting bent to one degree or another. For example, supplement ingredients introduced after 1994 are supposed to be submitted to FDA as a a new dietary ingredient, or NDI. As opposed to an old dietary ingredient, which is on the market before 1994, or GRASS, which is the safety litmus test for food ingredients, NDI has been a big challenge for both FDA and industry. FDA still has not provided final guidance on what NDI, uh, what a new dietary ingredient is and isn't, now more than 25 years after the regulation was signed. And FDA rejects 75% of NDI notifications on their face. So that means that no one submits for NDI when they're supposed to. So we end up with some ingredients and dosages without much of any basis in the history of human consumption, much less proven safety using scientifically valid methods. So our fifth question has to do with the product label. Essentially, does the product label have all the elements required by FDA? Labels are really the face of every product, and they're supposed to follow a standardized format, even down to the font size of the heading called Supplement Facts on the Supplement Facts panel. And even the requirement of hairlines in between each ingredient listed on this panel is prescribed specifically by FDA labeling requirements. Now, these might seem like elementary details, but if your supplement manufacturer can't follow the very specific and clear requirements that FDA provides on product labeling, then what does that say about their attention to the more complicated details behind their product? And finally, we want to ask what clinical studies support the claims for your supplement product? In the US, there's two main requirements for health claims on supplements. Health claims for supplements aren't supposed to be related to a disease state. As a couple examples of the fine line, inflammation claims are technically not permitted unless they're related to the occasional inflammation related to exercise and not a disease condition of arthritis, for example, according to FDA. And supporting cholesterol claims are only okay if they're qualified by cholesterol within the normal range. Many companies without proper guidance don't get the nuance that's required for supplement product claims. The second requirement for claims is that they must be substantiated by reliable and credible scientific evidence. Reliable scientific evidence is generally considered randomized placebo-controlled human clinical trials that are published in a peer-reviewed scientific publication. And acceptable scientific evidence is not. This worked for me, like anecdotal use. Well, this worked for Amazon jungle tribes for thousands of years. Well, that's traditional medicinal use. Well, this worked in animals or in cells. Well, no, that's not in humans and not applicable. None of these types of evidence are considered enough for product claims on their own. Now, it's worth noting that animal and anecdotal and case studies can serve as secondary evidence supporting clinical trials, but you have to have the randomized placebo-controlled clinical trials using reliable scientific methods. Now, FDA has sent warning letters to numerous brands using disease claims, but there's still a lot of brands who ignore the rules and keep their head in the sand. And there's not really much enforcement of the substantiation part outside of a few FTC and class action suits every year. But just like labels, if a brand has a hard time getting marketing claims right, then how do you know that they aren't also cutting corners and taking liberties with the product itself? So this kind of hits the tip of the iceberg in six big questions. How to really understand the integrity behind your supplement brand, you should be asking your supplement brand those six main lines of questions. And there's more we plan to share on later episodes on cutting through the BS with supplements. So just be sure to subscribe to this podcast, Just Ask Nature Pro. In the meantime, be inquisitive about your supplements. If you want to learn more, we've got a lot of free content and articles at the Nature Pro website, www.N as in natural, P is in product, scientific.com and we love questions in case you can't tell already so send us yours and lastly please share this with your friend who likes to research their supplements and we'll see you next time